Welcome to the Strategic Families Podcast, where we challenge families to be rooted in God's Word, energized with gospel-centered purpose, and activated on mission for His kingdom. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Strategic Families Podcast. Today is installment number three in our series on bringing intention and purpose into the Advent season. And if you haven't already, go back and listen to the two prior episodes with Arnold Itriad and Amy Frank, which have some great ideas on how to celebrate Advent intentionally. So today, good news, my wife Katie is back on the podcast because we want to share about a Christmas tradition that we found to be really life-giving that could have your own family flavor to it. So before we do that, we want to issue a disclaimer. We want to pause and encourage anyone listening to be on guard against adding a bunch of stuff to your to-do list this Christmas if it's based in guilt. Really, what we want to do is give you ideas of things that can breathe life and meaning into your family celebration while blessing others as you have the time and availability. We want to give you some thoughts to get you thinking about how your family can be an instrument of God's grace during Christmas. And so if there are things you hear that may be useful and life-giving for your family, give them a try and see what the Lord does with them. But don't try to do it all because we all know how easy it is to get overwhelmed during Christmas. Yeah, and as we discussed in our episode on preventing burnout, we want to make sure that we're pulling out fluff and fillers and things that are just kind of wearing us out. But the reason is to make room for the deep and meaningful and beautiful and soul-nourishing traditions that really help us celebrate the birth of Christ. So before you're adding anything to the list, hopefully you have taken some time to eliminate or simplify some things that maybe aren't as necessary or beneficial for your family. I know Graham and I have taken a good bit of time this year especially to do that, and it has really, really helped so that we can think more clearly and make better decisions about what we do want to do. But we are cutting a lot of things and not doing nearly as much as we have in the past and just feeling freedom to do that. So as you decide what to add, if you are going to, my best encouragement would be to really ponder and pray and ask yourself this. Am I considering adding this to our plate because I feel obligated or guilty because other people are doing this or because I'm really excited about the impact it could have on my family and those around us? There's a really big difference between guilt and conviction, and God clearly doesn't want us to be acting and operating out of guilt. So if he is convicting us and we kind of have that sense of, maybe this is something where we're wasting a little time or maybe... We've fallen prey to being a little bit more selfish or adding something we shouldn't or just getting into things that we don't need to, then, you know, go ahead and pull those things away. But really, I think the biggest thing is to increase our discipline around the Advent season and incorporate things like silence and taking daily time to be in the word and praying and asking the Lord what he wants us to do. And as we do those things, our hearts will be filled. And as David prayed in Psalm 23, our cups will overflow, and then we will have the strength and the motivation and desire to serve and love more fully. So what we want to share with you today is something that definitely does take some work and effort. And honestly, every year, I feel like we have this conversation, we ask ourselves if we should really do it again. But the reason that we keep on doing it is because we've seen so much fruit year after year, and we're so confident that this is a worthwhile and meaningful effort. Graham and I are really big fans of the Dave Ramsey concept of taking baby steps rather than such large leaps that you can't keep up. So just remember that small trajectory changes in the right direction will yield massive results over time. And you want to just think small but intentional. 
I love the story of the boy with the loaves and the fishes and just how God is the one that multiplies. And we have been so blown away by what God has done with our very meager little act of service here. So we hope this will be an encouragement to you. So our idea and challenge to consider is to give something to your neighbors this Christmas, going house by house so that you can engage in good conversation. It's about creating opportunities for life-giving relationships within your neighborhood and in your spheres of influence. So around this time of year, a lot of us remember to serve and give to charities and ministries, which is obviously great. Meeting the needs of the poor and the marginalized is a wonderful thing, and it really goes straight to God's heart. And if you need any convincing of that, just go read about the parable of the least of these in Matthew 25, because it teaches this truth really powerfully. But we want to encourage you also to remember that there are people all around you and all around us who aren't poor, but they still need us to be an instrument of God's grace whether that's through a gift, an invitation, being a good friend, being an encouragement, and things like that. Each person that lives near you and lives near us has hopes, desires, hurts, hangups, things they find discouraging, challenging relationships, things like that. And they may not have a community or a group of friends who care. Maybe they do, maybe they don't, but just don't assume that they do. We're called to love our neighbors as ourselves. We all know that. And we also know this isn't just our physical neighbors, but I think we can agree that it does include our physical neighbors, those who live near us. So today we're going to talk about being intentional neighbors in your neighborhood. By God's grace, we can do this well, and it can open up opportunities for Him to move and work. And we can do this in so many ways. Listening well, caring well, giving of our time, gathering our neighbors together, inviting them to things. And we're going to talk about a bunch of those ideas in this episode and try to give you some ideas to engage your neighbors. So in your head, draw a tic-tac-toe board. Put your house in the middle. Here's the question. Do you know the names of your neighbors in every other square on the board? If you do, great. But do you know much about what's going on in their lives? If not, you're not alone for sure. It's so easy to just open your garage door, insert your car, close the garage door, and then just find community elsewhere. But what a great opportunity to know and love and serve people right in your neighborhood. There's something about physical proximity that really matters and that you can't reproduce online. So try borrowing eggs from someone online. It just doesn't work. Think for a second. Who are the neighbors you really should know, but you don't? And don't think of 15 to 20 neighbors. Be realistic with this. Just think of one or two. Think of the guy that you only say hi to when you happen to see him outside, or the lady you've seen a million times walk her dog by your house and have only just waved to. And as a caveat, if you don't happen to live in a place where you have neighbors close by, there are lots of communities you can apply this to. Think of where your kids go to school or your coworkers or families that you're connected to through things like scouts or sports. Any community that isn't specifically Christian by nature, you can build into and you can help make community happen more. So we emphasize the neighborhood because it is neat when you are going to naturally run into people very regularly, but obviously this can be done in a lot of different spheres. Okay, Katie, so let's dive into this topic a little bit more. I know this is something that your family incorporated when you were growing up in Rochester. Can you share why Christmas time is such a good opportunity to engage with your neighbors? We've already mentioned that everyone feels so busy right now, so why would we want to take the time to add this in? Yeah, it is a good question, and it's one that we do ask ourselves a lot. But I think that the thing we keep coming back to is 
Christmas time is a time where people are a bit more charitable. They are a bit more friendly. They're more willing to actually engage in a conversation. And so really, we feel that Christmas is the least awkward time to make a connection and especially to start a new relationship. So if this is the first time you've contacted these neighbors, especially if you've both lived there for a while, Christmas is just a much less awkward time to break the ice and to reach out and to bring something. It's just not as weird at this time of year. So make a small touch and go over and introduce yourselves. And here's what you'll have accomplished when you do that. You will be able to know who your neighbors are. You'll, you will know their names and you'll know a little bit more about them from your brief conversation. They'll know that you want to have a relationship and that you desire to be in a community where the neighbors do know each other. And they'll also know that you're willing to share and give. So even though this might be simple, it is something that will speak volumes behind what you are saying out loud. Yeah, this really is so simple, but it can be so powerful. And I think so many of the most powerful ideas are really simple like this. So our family copied a tradition from when Katie was growing up, and we just make plates of different kinds of Christmas cookies, and we bring them around with our Christmas cards to about 15 to 20 neighbors in proximity to our house. And we've done this in both neighborhoods we've lived in, and we certainly get a variety of responses. Some people just politely say thank you, and that's fine. Uh, but in many cases, it's also served to open up a new door of friendship. What you're doing is developing a good invitation list for future events and opportunities to draw others into. And really, the core idea here is cultivating community, connecting people to each other and to our family. We have been so blessed to see how many friendships have been created and a true community develop among our neighbors, really with just such a simple act as this. And so before we get into more about how the community developed, Katie, can you share some different ideas of things that families can do to reach out to their neighbors this Christmas? Sure. So starting with the cookie idea, um, if you are interested in something like that, we would just make a list of the types of cookies. I would suggest keeping at least several of them pretty simple. And we make them with the kids. We plan out a day that we can cook and then we bring them around. If that sounds daunting, which I can see why it is really messy and it is a lot. We Sometimes we will work with other people too. Like one year we did this with our life group and each of the families brought one to two kinds of cookies and brought a lot of them. And then together we combined and made plates and then each family would take home several of the plates, however many they could take to their neighbors. So that's one way to really reduce the load. It gives you another fun night of building an, into a different kind of community. And so that might be one way. Alternatively, if you do like to bake, but you don't want to make all these cookies, you know that you can bring a loaf of bread or you can bring cinnamon rolls or just whatever type of thing that you really enjoy making and want to share with others. If you don't enjoy baking, another idea of a gift you could bring might be a small candle or a poinsettia, or you might look on Pinterest and find some kind of a project your family can do together. Our neighbors last year brought us the cutest little hot chocolate packs with candy canes and marshmallows and little tag and card. And that is just a nice way to say we're thinking about you. You could also do something that my family did growing up. My parents would host a Christmas Eve morning brunch and have all the neighbors over and we'd eat together and then we'd sing Christmas carols together. And I just love looking back on that time and thinking about all the different ages of the people and the different interests they had and backgrounds. When you're in a neighborhood, there's often very little that brought you there except you wanted to be in that location. And so it's kind of a neat way to connect with other people. So that's a really fun one if you have more capacity. And if you 
don't want to be making a lot of the food, you could consider more of a potluck type of an event and everybody just bring one thing and then it doesn't feel quite so overwhelming. Or maybe do it the Saturday before Christmas so that it's not quite so crunched with regular Christmas activities. If you're feeling like it's a little daunting to go up and ring someone's doorbell, another great place to start would just to be to walk around your neighborhood and pray over each family as you go. The Lord may show you some ideas of things that you could do, or maybe you'll even just see someone out and have a conversation or whatever, but that's a great way to start as well. Another thing my family did growing up was we would go Christmas caroling and none of us could carry a tune. So this was kind of interesting. I'm not sure how the neighbors really felt about it, but I do think they smiled at just the idea of seeing some friendly faces out in the snow, something to change it up and just brighten up their day a little bit. Anyway, another one might be to host a Christmas party. And one really cool thing that was already existent before we came into this neighborhood is our neighbors would do a progressive Christmas dinner. And so there would be three to four different hosts. And then all the other neighbors would group together around each home and help provide the food and a game to play and things like that. And we would kind of just progress through the night going through the neighborhood. And it was just such a fun way to connect with each other and learn who else lives in the neighborhood, get to know some new people. So definitely recommend that. It was a lot of fun. And you can share the load by, you know, assigning everybody different things to do too. Another fun one we did when we had younger kids, and there were lots of little kids in that neighborhood, um, was we had a little birthday party for Jesus. So you could invite the kids in the neighborhood over to have, you know, do some simple crafts and play some games, make some, you could make cookies in advance probably and let them decorate them and tell the story of Jesus' birth. And this is just a fun way for the kids to have fun. It's a gift to the moms to maybe have some time to do some extra shopping or to wrap their presents or just have a breather. So I think this is a really neat thing you can do, although it does take a bit more energy. Another thing that we've heard of family we know around here does is to host a Advent wreath making time and they would kind of share the concept about making the wreaths. They'd have all the supplies there and they would build the wreaths and prepare for Advent together, which I think is really neat. Another thing we saw, our church did this this year that's really cool is they had these Advent Christmas in a box concept and they would give out two of them to each family so that the family could do it but they could also bring one to a neighbor and you know this had all the makings of lots of different good focused Christmas activities to do so that's another really cool idea and then you know another you know low level one might be just to invite a neighbor or two to join you in one of your favorite Christmas traditions so if you're already going out to a lights display or you're going ice skating or in Charlotte here we have the Billy Graham library and they have a live nativity and singing and things like that invite another family to come with you and that's just another way you could connect so hopefully these ideas get your wheels turning. There are obviously so many different things you could do, but we just really encourage you avoid guilt. Don't do these things just because other people are doing them. Pick something that is really life-giving and that you can do joyfully without burning yourself out. And, you know, pick something small if you don't feel like you have a lot of capacity. But I'm telling you, you will be amazed what God can do with even a very small touch. Yeah, and I know everybody's excited about having little kids decorate Christmas cookies in their homes. <laughs> no, but seriously, it is a lot of fun for the kids. Okay, so in case you're still kind of skeptical about why adding something more to your December would be worth it, I want to back up to Katie's point about how God multiplies our efforts and just share a few of the ways that God has opened doors for much deeper relationships than we'd even hoped for with simple acts like this at Christmas. So in our first neighborhood, we did this. And as we got to know the neighbors, a few really cool things developed. We had a backyard Bible camp for preschoolers. At the time, our kids were really little. And so 
we had other kids from the neighborhood come over and did a backyard Bible camp in the summer, which was really cool. There was also a book study for young moms that Katie was a part of, and we had a great turnout, and that included Christians and non-Christians, which is awesome. We also were a part of a marriage study with several couples in the neighborhood. So in our current neighborhood, we came into an existing culture of gathering and celebrating, which was really cool. And several of the families have moved away now, but the tone of strong and inclusive community continued as new families came in. So that's been a lot of fun. So one of the things we did early on was host a couple of back-to-school barbecues. And one of the things that happened from this, which was really cool, is that a friendship began between two other neighbors that did not really know each other. Uh, They got connected there, and we didn't connect them specifically, but it created an opportunity for them to get connected, so that was awesome. Several other neighbors have hosted various events, including the baby shower for Katie uh, when we had our fourth child, Lillian. I would just say, remember, you don't need to be the central point for all this activity, but we'd encourage you to strive to be the kind of neighbors who cultivate community. And then more recently in 2020, when COVID hit, that really opened up amazing opportunities, opportunities that we never would have seen coming. And it was just so cool to see the Lord work. So one of the things that happened was we started having workouts in our cul-de-sac. And if our neighbors are listening to this, they'll laugh about this because it was just such a fun thing. We created these uh, boxes because we were all trying to socially distance and we were just having people do different exercises. You know, there wasn't a whole lot to do. So we figured why not do a workout? And it was just a lot of fun. And then another thing that happened early on, so you'll remember that churches, a lot of churches were closed down during Easter 2020, and one of our other neighbors said, hey, we should do an Easter service. And I have to admit, I was skeptical at first, and I thought, oh man, how's this going to work? There was a bunch of neighbors that came, and it was just so cool to see the Lord work through that. And it was just a bunch of us sitting in lawn chairs and worshiping the Lord, and it was just a really, really awesome time. Yeah, it was so beautiful to have our neighborhood surrounding together and just worshiping the Lord together on Easter, especially. A lot of times we can kind of come together around Christmas because it's easy to think about Jesus as a baby, but when you think about the story of Easter, it can be a little harder. And it was just so neat to see everyone participating and excited about it. And, you know, the Lord put it on Graham's heart to share the gospel during the devotion time of it. And it was just so neat to hear everyone discuss afterwards and Just to hear these powerful truths shared in that context was so wonderful. It was just a really good reminder for us that God uses our availability a whole lot more than our ability. It was just really neat to see how God could use just simple invitations. You just put it out there and see what happens. And you're just communicating that you care and that you want to be a friend and that your door is open to others. And I think the Lord can really do a lot through that. So then the last thing that we wanted to share about that was kind of neat was um, during the COVID days when we were kind of bummed that the Olympics were getting postponed and trying to figure out ways that the kids could be active, but not too close together and all of that. There was this idea that came to mind of having a neighborhood family Olympics. And we just had such a blast putting this together. We got a little neighborhood committee together to plan it out and had so much fun. Yeah, it really was a blast. And so many of our neighbors contributed to that and planned it. And it was just so much fun. We we had a whole opening ceremony. We had family flags. We had theme songs. I mean, there was so much energy and excitement. And it was, you know, something to do, something fun to do when everything else was shut down. So we did 
basketball. We did uh, a plank competition. We had family relays. We were doing silly stuff. And I mean, it was kind of like a young life event in some ways. We did dinner and dessert. We had a closing ceremony. We had medals and things like that. And it was just a great example of the community coming together and having fun and and being neighbors and being a community. It was so cool. And this has actually now become an annual event. So a couple of other examples of fruit that has come from cultivating community and how we've seen the Lord work is, you know, just some small ideas like tool sharing, borrowing kitchen items, pet sitting, things like that, taking out each other's trash. You know, that's the kind of thing that happens when neighbors are close to one another. And it's so invaluable. And if you have neighbors like that, you know just how sweet it is to have people who live close by that you trust and that you can rely on and they can rely on you. It's just a beautiful thing. So uh, we would really encourage you to be a part of that. And sometimes that starts with something as simple as bringing a plate of cookies. More recently, something that happened to us that was such a tremendous blessing. There are some neighbors of ours who are also really good friends. And we were talking with them a few weeks ago, and they could sense that we're getting overwhelmed with everything that we have going on. And so one day they came out and did a huge amount of work to rake up our leaves. And to know just what a blessing this is, you'd have to see our yard it is full of leaves. There's so many trees, and it's always overwhelming every year. And they came out and did hours of work and saved us so much time. I mean, I wanted to cry. It was such a blessing. Um, so, yeah, anyway, that is an example of just being fantastic, fantastic neighbors. And we were so blessed by that. Another idea, and this is going to sound a little strange, but one thing I've found is that when you give others an opportunity to share something with you, that also opens up doors. So this is kind of a silly example, but think about borrowing a tool. And if there are some men out there, if you're like me, you hate borrowing tools. I don't know what it is. You just kind of feel like you should own your own tool and you kind of feel lame or cheap or whatever. And you don't want to borrow someone else's tool. You just want to go out and get it. Well, (laughs) number one, that's expensive. But number two, you're missing an opportunity. So think about it on the other end. When someone asks you for a tool, do you feel like that person is being cheap? No, you Love the opportunity to lend your tools. I know I do. So this can be a fantastic way to connect with neighbors. So I would say lend your tools freely. Remember, it all belongs to the Lord anyway. And then when you need a tool, ask for it. It can be a great way to connect with neighbors. So sometimes, you know, with all of these things, sometimes you're on the giving end. Sometimes you're on the receiving end. But the point is really that when you engage your neighbors, you're deepening the relationship and you're opening up doors of opportunity. So you know, really the point of all this is to say that if we as Christian families will open our hearts and our lives and our homes and offer these little loaves and fishes this Christmas, you can open the door for God to work mightily in your neighborhood and community beyond anything that we can ask or imagine. So our challenge to you today is to consider what you and your family can do this Christmas to plant a small seed and lay a small foundation for future relationships. Then pray that God will use your gift and multiply the growth mightily over this next year. We would encourage you, don't miss this great opportunity. And again, just as a reminder, don't try to do it all. Just pick one thing and ideally something small, maybe, unless you're feeling like you've got a lot of energy this year. 
But how cool would it be for the Lord to allow you to make this connection with a neighbor, even if it's just one activity and one neighbor? Take a risk. It might fall flat, but it also could be the beginning of something really beautiful in your community. Well, that'll do it for today. Thanks so much for listening. And I hope that there have been one, maybe two things that you could take away and do this Christmas season and just watch the Lord work in really amazing ways as only He can. Check us out on strategicfamilies.com. We'd love to hear from you there and find out how you're building a strategic family for God's glory. All right, we'll see you next time.